This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. Great to have you with us for the Wednesday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Deeper dive into Apple as its stock sets records today. Also, Personal Finance Wednesday. How to rebuild your portfolio as the market rebounds from the pandemic. Right now, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell has been testifying before Congress today. Let's see what he's saying. David Jones is here, chairman of DM. MJ Advisors. He's the author of the book, Understanding Central Banking. Uh, David, what are we hearing from the Fed chair? Well, Cisco, it's uh, the story of inflation today. Our Fed chairman Powell said current price increases will likely prove temporary. Um, That was the big market news, and that's why the stock market is still trying to edge upward. Uh, The Fed chairman said prices likely to be elevated in coming months and then decline. The only problem with uh, striking that note uh, from the Fed is that we got the news of a producer price index up 7.3% year over year today. And uh, any way I would measure it and probably you would measure it, that's a lot of inflation. And the issue with it being transitory is the word that they use, saying it's only temporary. We're just not sure yet whether that is or or even how temporary it'll be. I mean, is another 12 months temporary? That's exactly right. You hit the nail on the head once again. The the issue is up in the air. And um, all I can say is that if you look at both consumer prices, which uh, uh, the latest figure was up, uh, substantially as well. Uh, I think it was five point over five percent. Um, those are big numbers. And while we do have a special situation coming out of the uh, virus, um, uh, it's still uh, a lot of inflation. Um, and um, and while it's focused on uh, some particular things like food prices and used cars and uh, perhaps even housing. Um, that's uh, not enough to uh, dissuade us from the idea that it may last longer than the Fed thinks. And even if it, uh, well, it's going to slow at some point, but it's not as though those prices are going to come back down. I mean, the, what we're seeing here with these price rises, it's going to continue to hit companies for, uh, I mean, forever. It's not going back to where it was a year ago. Yeah, the Fed is of the mind that we won't see what we saw in the 1970s, that is Every time inflation went up in a month, it was guaranteed to go up in future months because people's expectations of inflation were rising. Uh, The Fed makes the point that uh, that is not the case today. But your your argument is a very strong one uh, that we just don't know how long this is going to last. And all we can say is at the moment, we've got a lot of inflation and 
I think the Fed's going to have to have a lot of things to talk about in that next meeting coming up uh, in two weeks, right at the end of uh, July. So uh, we need to watch them closely. Remember in that June meeting, the Fed said it was okay to discuss the possible tapering of the Fed's very large $120 billion in in bond purchases every month. And uh, I'm guessing that'll be the big news. Uh, Will the Fed do anything in response to this big inflation number? Thanks so much, David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors, also author of the book Understanding Central Banking. Just ahead, analysis of the latest reports from Citigroup, Wells Fargo, and Bank of America. And later in the show, 1239 Personal Finance Wednesday, how to rebuild your portfolio as the economy rebuilds. Bounds. It's earnings season for America's major banks. Let's get some analysis of some of the reports. Dick Bove is here, financial strategist for the New York-based Odeon Capital Group. Dick, appreciate you being back on the show. Let's begin with Bank of America. What are we seeing there? Well, Bank of America disappointed people um, meaningfully in the quarter. One, its expenses rose much more rapidly than people thought. Two, it's not putting on as many uh, loans as people hoped for. And three, its uh, margins are still under pressure. So Bank of America, like all other banks at the moment, continues to be a story of the future. In other words, if the economy is going to expand, then Bank of America, with its massive amount of uh, you know, cap, uh, if you will, liquidity, literally hundreds of billions of dollars that, that, they, they, that the bank can use, to buy loans, um, they'd be, the bank would be able to increase its earnings dramatically. But we're not seeing any indication of that in either their uh, earnings report or that of J.P. Morgan, uh, Wells Fargo, uh, Citigroup. Well, Citigroup is showing some improvement in lending, but the key, the key, the key problem with the banks today is that they need to make uh, more loans, and they're not finding the loans to make. Is uh, Citigroup the one that's it's maybe uh, beating the other banks in that regard in making loans? Yes, I think uh, Citigroup did a little bit better. I, uh, they were up 2.9%, I think, uh, quarter of a quarter in, in, uh, in adding loans uh, to the book. But again, the margins were down. Their earnings were down uh, on an operating basis. All these banks are showing big increases in reported profits because of an accounting uh, change. In other words, they're they're reducing uh, loan loss reserves, and when they reduce the loan loss reserves, unbelievably, that can add uh, $10, $12, $15 billion on a year-over-year basis to pre-tax income, and that's where all the earnings, that's where all the earnings performance uh, is coming from in the banks, um, you know, in this particular quarter. <clears throat> that's not a boost, though, that you'll get in future quarters, right? No, in other words, you got it in the first quarter of this year, you got it in the second quarter of this year, but you will not get it in the third and fourth quarters. In fact, you will not get it again in the history of American banking because it was a short-term uh, situation with a cha- an accounting change that had been made. You see, that's the problem. The problem is the earnings are not coming from a, a viable source, more loans, you know, more, better margins. The the outlook is supposed to be terrific, but we're not seeing it in terms of uh, the banks, you know, in the in, in the reports that they've been providing at the present time. So we're in a situation where it's all hope and Disneyland and uh, you know what we expect for the future, and the future hasn't come yet. 
And when it comes to those loans, uh, is it lower interest rates, uh, maybe just not as much demand, something else? I mean, what's behind that struggle? The the bottom line is (laughs) Keynes, you know, the the economist once said that uh, there's something called a liquidity trap, and that's when an economy gets in trouble and there's a lot of money around and people have the money and businesses have the money, but they just don't spend it. In other words, that that is the problem at the present time. Households need to spend more money. Businesses need to build inventories or get involved with, uh, you know, new plant building or new projects. And it's just not happening. And if it doesn't, if it continues to not happen, the economy will not turn around. And so there has to be some trigger which gets this spending going uh, for the banks to benefit and for the economy to benefit. Thanks so much. Always good insight from Dick Beauvais, financial strategist for New York-based Odeon Capital Group. Just ahead, Apple set to boost production of its iPhones, and Wall Street is rewarding it. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Apple is calling on suppliers to ramp up production of its next-generation iPhones. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus business line, Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Gary, is this because Apple needs to sell more of these phones? Maybe the, the services business not doing what they needed to do? Or are the new iPhones just expected to be hot? Uh, one word, demand, and uh, you can't ask for much more than uh, strong demand from consumers. Uh, keep in mind, last quarter's uh, sales were up 54% year over year for Apple. Uh, so whatever they're doing, they're doing well. And when they sell a phone, it adds services to their business also. So all around uh, pretty good stuff uh, coming out of a pandemic. And, you know, I've always said, I've said for a long time, uh, they've created their own ecosystem, their own economy, and uh, it's Apple world and uh, looking pretty good as we head into the uh, latter part of the year. And is this all 5G? I mean, it seems like in smartphones for the longest time, it was uh, you know, the, the updates were, oh, a little better camera or a little faster. And now it seems like 5G is a game changer and people want it. Uh, 5G is a game changer. Of course, it's got to be uh, played out over time. Uh, 5G is, it's, you know, it's not everywhere, but yeah, uh, most definitely. Uh, but they continue to tinker with the, the new phones, which uh, which helps out. And uh, again, uh, the big story is even at this size, they're able to do what they're doing, and they're really firing on all cylinders. So as far as Apple stock goes, I mean, what do you make of this? It's at 149 now, really having a good day, up about 2.5%. It's like Wall Street rewarding Apple. Uh, four words, new all-time high. Simple as that, with a $2.5 trillion market cap. Uh, I own the stock. The worst thing I can tell you is is that, you know, valuations are up in the trees, but, you know, they had a 50-some-odd percent uh, sales growth rate and 100% earnings growth rate. If they keep that up for a few quarters, it won't be a problem. So, uh, again, demand. That's all you can ask for when you're selling products, and uh, Apple's got strong demand right now. Thanks so much, Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. You find him online at GaryK.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The highly contagious Delta variant is causing a rise in COVID cases across the U.S. Governor Pritzker, part of a meeting on a national infrastructure bill. It's happening in Washington this afternoon. Personal Finance Wednesday. The focus is on rebuilding savings and paying down debt as the economy continues to recover. Delta Airlines is reporting its first quarterly profit in two years, while the U.S. State Department is adding staff to deal with a major passport backlog. WBBM business, markets barely budging, the Dow up 13, NASDAQ is down 10, and the S&P is up 4 points. Oil dropping, it's down nearly 4% back in the $72 range. Sunshine all day long, no rain in the forecast today. High of 86, we're almost there right now, 83 degrees. The fast-spreading Delta strain of COVID-19 is on the rise nationally. CBS News medical contributor Dr. David Agus notes many Americans have not been fully vaccinated and are not protected against the highly contagious variant. The real-world evidence shows that the vaccines are preventing symptomatic cases from the virus and spread of the virus, but we don't have enough of the vaccines in people's arms to really stop the spread across the country. So nationally, only 55% of Americans have received one shot. One shot does not yet protect against this Delta variant. You need both shots of the RNA vaccine. Infection numbers are rising most quickly in states with the lowest vaccination rates. Governor Pritzker is in D.C. this afternoon, part of a group of three governors and five mayors who are joining President Biden for an update on the national infrastructure bill. The bipartisan meeting is set for 2 o'clock this afternoon at the White House. The governor is expected to tout his own Rebuild Illinois program. It's been crafted to, quote, repair and upgrade roads and bridges, state-owned buildings, and other infrastructure. Our reminder, Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, to listen to WBBM anytime. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are mixed but barely budging. The Dow up 22. NASDAQ is down 7 and the S&P is up 5 points. Jim Awad is here, Senior Managing Director at Clearstead Advisors, LLC, based in New York. Jim, uh, what do you make of uh, basically markets at the flat line today? Yeah, the market's dealing with bank earnings, inflation, and uh, Powell testimony. And uh, all of them, when you net out, are not yet market moving. Uh, the bank earnings were generally uh, good, but uh, uh, not not uh, uh, blow out or blow away. Uh, the inflation numbers were a little worse than expected, but the market's become used to it uh, for now. And uh, Powell is before Congress as we speak, insisting 
that while inflation is going to be high for the next several months, he does stick with his uh, uh, forecast that it will recede and that the Fed policy should remain uh, on hold for the foreseeable future, or at least through the end of the summer. So uh, I think we're in, in waiting mode for further earnings reports. I expect those reports to be good. We'll see how the market reacts to them. And then it'll, it'll take several more months of inflation data to get a better uh, handle on uh, uh, whether this is recurring uh, or, or non-recurring inflation. And uh, we're just going to have to live with the uncertainty. What do you look for in earnings reports, given the fact that just about, and I mean not all, but just about every company year to year is going to look pretty good? We're going to uh, see what they're forecasting going forward, what they're saying about the rest of the year, what they're saying about uh, next year, and then we're going to watch and see how the market reacts to, to those earnings. Uh, we had some uh, very good earnings reports in the first quarter, and uh, stocks really didn't, uh, didn't react. They reacted uh, somewhat better during the second quarter, but uh, we have to see what the earnings are and, and uh, w- how the market reacts, what the earnings were relative to expectations. And then, as I just said, the guidance is very important. Is there a concern, even if inflation is, as the Fed says, uh, you know, transitory, even if it's a temporary boost of inflation here, uh, is there a challenge going forward, given the fact that, I mean, these prices aren't going to go down at all? Is it, we're not going to have deflation and, and getting back to where we were before the pandemic. What kind of challenges is that going to bring to companies? Well, there, there, there are many uh, costs that, that, in fact, are reopening and transitory and will go away as you, the, the base comparisons dis, uh, disappear statistically. And as production continues to come online, uh, for instance, you'll, you'll see all the commodities now uh, have given up most of the gains for the year. Eventually, we'll work our way through the uh, new and used car uh, shortages. So there, there's a lot of the inflation that will, that will subside. Some will not. The the housing costs are likely to continue to be with us for a while, and wages are likely to be with us for a while. So my guess is that inflation is going to be higher than the Fed is forecasting, but not so high that the adjustment in, in, in policy on the part of the Fed will be too disruptive for the financial markets. My, my guess is they'll pull forward uh, the um, uh, uh, the uh, asset purchase uh, cessation. They'll pull forward the rate increases, uh, but the, that they'll, st- they'll still be modest enough so that uh, earnings growth and economic growth can continue to, p- to propel stock prices moderately higher over the next 12 months. Not necessarily with consumers, but I'm wondering with companies, will they hold off on some of the bigger spending until the inflation slows down? And, and you know, what kind of an impact might that have? Right. Yes, I, I, I didn't answer that in your question the first time around. Uh, no, I think companies are are seeing that they're for the time being they are able to pass along those price increases. The economy is strong enough to to take them, and uh, and and that therefore it will not it will not uh, impact their spending plans. Their spending plans will be impacted by what they see in the economy, not by the transitory price increases due to the pandemic. Well, that's, that's good. It uh, sounds great. Uh, bank stocks. Um, I, I I guess it's kind of a hit or miss here in some of these reports. You know, the, the bank earnings were okay. The, 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 the big disappointment was the net interest margin uh, continues to be not so good because uh, of the interest rate structure. And uh, uh, there's not that much loan demand because everybody is, is flush with, uh, uh, with cash. 
the good news is they're releasing reserves. Uh, 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 costs are under control. Trading, investment banking, underwriting are all good. So I would say that the bank earnings were good enough, but but the, the, the core business is still weak enough that uh, uh, the, the earnings are not going to move the stocks one way or another uh, at the moment. Thanks so much for all of the insight. That's Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director at Clearstead Advisors, LLC. Up next, Personal Finance Wednesday, getting back on track after an economic downturn. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday. The pandemic and the resulting economic downturn has presented money challenges to many people. How do you get out of them? Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Mark Hamrick, Senior Economic Analyst at Bankrate.com, based in Washington, D.C. Mark, if you had some people who struggled and they're trying to get back on track as the economy recovers, if you had to say what's the number one thing for them to do to get back on track, what would that be? For us here, Cisco, and that is uh, the survey that we did very recently at Bankrate found that the number one priority on the part of many Americans coming out of this situation, whatever the situation can be described as for the last year or 16 months, is to rebuild emergency savings. And we've discussed many times the number one financial regret on the part of Americans over time is the failure to have emergency savings. And guess what? We just experienced a multifaceted emergency. So we don't know what the next challenge is going to be, whether it's we have to replace the roof on our house or whether uh, there's some other financial crisis lurking down the road. Emergency savings should be the top priority. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because that keeps you, if you're trying to rebuild your, your personal financial situation, that keeps you from getting in deeper if something comes up. It's a tool, uh, and it is a cushion. Uh, And if one loses the primary means of, let's say, maintaining their personal financial stability, and that is income, uh, where do you go next? And so, you know, in the meantime, you might continue to look for a job until you land that job. Uh, We're not not always going to have Uncle Sam there to back us up. When it comes to debt, a lot of people had it before the pandemic started and and maybe even got into it worse during the pandemic. How do you do? And I mean, what do you get out of there? So debt is a tool, not unlike a hammer. Uh, you can either, either use it to build a house or to injure your thumb. And so many Americans have not been resorting to debt uh, during this time. And obviously those who didn't have emergency savings may have had to resort to that. So as the government payments go away in the near term, uh, I do expect, and I think there's data to support it, uh, more Americans are going to be relying on credit going forward. So no matter what the situation's been for you over the last year or so, Now's a good time to focus on paying down or even paying off debt. Certainly try to pay off credit card debt, the highest cost category of credit. And as we go out and about, as the reopening of the economy occurs here, we do expect to see growth in loan demand on the part of banks. And Americans individually are going to probably use their credit cards more often. So let's get that credit into shape so we can use that tool uh, in a a more effective way. Yeah, we talk about uh, inflation here a lot as it comes to investing. But inflation, I mean, that's impacting every person's budget, which means you probably have to look over it again and again and be more careful about it. Well, uh, one should always uh, be working uh, within the context of their own budget. And there have been a lot of changes over the past year. You know, I know I'm continuing to work from home for the most part here. Uh, That means I'm not spending money on gasoline. I'm not buying lunch uh, around my office downtown. But we found other ways uh, to put that money to work, including with home renovations or even uh, some day trips or weekend trips. So now's a good time to reexamine your finances, see what's changed over the past year. 
and what you expect may change in the foreseeable future. If the composition of your work has changed and the way that you travel, uh, the different expenses that you have, make those adjustments. And by the way, let's think about being able to walk and chew gum at the same time, accomplish those other goals we just talked about, the emergency savings, paying down debt, and longer term, saving for retirement. Yeah, good advice. Thanks so much, Mark Hamrick, Senior Economic Analyst at Bankrate.com. That's Personal Finance Wednesday, sponsored by Mesero Wealth Management. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday. Still to come, the federal government working to reduce a huge backlog in passport applications. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Delta Airlines reporting a quarterly profit. People looking to travel may face a passport problem. We welcome Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services, Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul. Uh, Joe, let's begin with the passports. What's going on here? Is it like a COVID backup here? It is uh, really a kind of a double whammy, you might say, that there's a huge backup because the State Department was closed many months And uh, even besides that, more Americans than we expected are applying for passports for those international trips. And the backlog is pretty severe. I mean, it can be 12 to 18 weeks. And, as you know, for people planning summer trips, that's a a big problem. And they need it. And how does the State Department get caught up here? I mean, it's not like they're going to be able to hire a bunch of extra staffers in the short run. Yeah, that's right. Well, they're running office full tilt here. Uh, They think there's a backlog of about a million and a half or two million uh, passports. Uh, they are anticipating that, uh, you know, they'll clear the backlog, but uh, there is that expedited fee people can ta- uh, pay, $60, that does speed things up. But, you know, for the airlines, this is a major headache because people, you know, fell asleep on when their passports expired and now they're ready to go and, and the State Department's just not able to handle it all. So for people who maybe have passports expiring sometime in the next six months, what's your advice? Get on that renewal now? Yeah, that's right. And uh, oftentimes there is, uh, um, you know, the sense that if you go to a country and your passport is good for two, three months, they, they let you let you go there. But certainly for those uh, for those late summer trips, for those uh, university trips starting this fall, you know, this could be a big headache. I suspect uh, in the next few weeks we're going to get some good news out of the State Department because they uh they really have made this a priority, and with those expedited fees, they got money to hire more people. So uh, this should clear, but right now it's a big problem. Yeah, I certainly want to get travel going again. Uh, let's talk about some of the airlines here, beginning with Delta. The first profit since 2019. Uh, is Delta kind of on solid ground? Uh, I know there's some federal aid here that's a part of this. Yes, yeah, really was, uh, I think, uh, good news for investors. We knew that the second quarter was still going to be pretty rough. You know, that uh, April through June period, we still had a lot of COVID, uh, you know, shutdowns and so forth. But things really picked up uh, in mid-May. And Delta and American both swung to actually a profit in the second quarter. Uh, Traffic is still way down, uh, of course, year over year. But with that federal aid, they actually turned a profit, which, uh, you know, in some cases, ends five quarters of losses for the airlines. So it's a It's a feel-good story. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, American Airlines also seems to be rebounding well. American Airlines wasn't quite as optimistic as Delta. And recall just a few weeks ago, American really took it on the chin with lots of flight cancellations. They were short on staff and a lot of of bad press came out. But uh, their second quarter was better, too. They actually uh, turned a slight profit. But they report really bullish outlook for the third quarter. Uh, Fares are good, which is something we didn't know... uh, uh, you know, would, would continue into the summer. 
uh, but both strong bookings and good fares have led them to have a real strong uh, earnings guidance for the third quarter. You know, that's cheered Wall Street. Thanks so much, Joe Schwederman. He's Professor of Public Services, Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.